History is made by the Republic of Ireland. I'm honestly speechless. I mean, we're going to a World Cup, but it's what dreams are made of. For all the best reaction to the girls in green qualifying for the World Cup, subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast stream now. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now then, you're welcome along. Wednesday Night Rugby, we have Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent here in studio. You're very welcome. Thanks, Joe. And Matt Williams is with us in sunny France. Look, not too bad, John. Hey, Rory, how you doing, man? Not, not too bad at all. Very good. Well, listen, great to have you with us. So uh, I guess we're still reflecting a touch on the URC action from the weekend just gone. In particular, uh, Munster, the slump continues, the poor start of the season continues. Uh, Leinster Sharks really delivered on, on various fronts and then Ulster continued their uh, good form. They put 47 points on the Ospreys on Saturday night, winning by 30 points in the end. We'll start with the sports ground. We talked to uh, Jerry Thornley and Fiona Hayes about this on Monday. So Connacht 20, Munster 11, the desperation derby, as you uh, coined it. That spread, by the way, that did quite Did bad. a little bit, yeah. yeah I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I guess it lived up to its billing. Um, where does this leave Munster is the interesting question. Is this uh, short-term pain or is it becoming more serious? I, you're one of the early proponents that this is a more serious situation, I feel. It's both, I think. There's, there's a, I think that this is a good group of coaches who are taking over a, a, a group of players that have been playing a certain way for a long time and they've recognised that that way is only going to take them so far and they're trying to ba- bre- break them down to build them back up. And they're finding that it's more challenging. When you, you know, they're maybe taking the leash off a little bit and they're finding that the, the or I'm mixing up my metaphors, but, you know, they're f- taking off the stabilisers and the, 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 they're finding that the kid can't can't cycle very well and, and it's it's take, it's being much more difficult. And they're doing it in an uncompromising doing it in an uncompromising environment because the URC is a much more difficult competition and particularly for the Irish provinces because they play against each other more frequently than everyone else. Um, it's a much more difficult tournament now than it used to be. You used to be able to get away with losing three or four games at the start of the season because it was a long season and you'd get get where you were going at the end. You also used to have to qualify for Europe in the same way. Now you have to you know, finish really in the top six or seven if you want to get into the Champions Cup next season because of the way the thing is set up this year. And so... While I do think that these coaches will ultimately get a tune out of these Munster players, it's taking far longer than they really need it to because they're going to find themselves so far behind the eight ball. I think they're going to lose. They're going to be in a race for Europe that they can't win because their games are really difficult. There's very few easy games left in the entire URC campaign, and their confidence levels are shot. I mean, you see them on Friday. They, you know, I call it the desperation derby, and and yeah, you said it, it stuck, but only one team looked like they got the memo. You know, Connacht looked like they really had their backs against the wall and they came out fighting. And they, from minute one, they were physical, they were aggressive. They didn't execute right. If they'd executed right, they would have won that game by 20, 30 points. They were, they, you know, they were the better team in nearly every aspect of the game. And Munster looked meek by comparison. They looked beaten when they went out. And even when they managed to get themselves into a leading position, partly because Jack Carty had missed kicks, they didn't know how to kick on and it was Connacht who rejigged their bench and brought on power and who finished stronger and looked in control for the last 15-20 minutes of the game and you know we've seen Munster this has not been a vintage decade for Munster and we've seen low points before you know particularly under Anthony Foley you know after the Rob Penny era that first couple of years under Foley didn't go well and then obviously Erasmus got a bounce and then Van Gran has been fairly consistently 6 out of 10 pretty much but Munster expect 8 or 9 but they've dipped again badly now 
and it's you know they they they're they're now in a, a rut with a really difficult run of games to come, and you just wonder where they're going to find inspiration. You know the Bulls are coming to town at the weekend. The Bulls are not playing particularly brilliantly at the moment, but they're everything Munster or not in terms of physicality. So that's a really hard game on Saturday. Then it's Leinster, Diviva. Then it's Ulster, who will be missing internationals, but are still the second best team in this tournament coming to Thoman Park then it's a break to play the Springboks and then they're into Europe almost pretty much straight away and that's Toulouse the best team in France this season will not get any easier they've got to get better and they've got to get it better really quickly Matt what have you made of their performances you can reference the game just gone there was Zebra and then there were the losses in Wales just in broad terms what are we seeing here because uh, there can be various theories certainly one is this is a coaching ticket and they're uh, they've almost uh, given too much information. There's a lot for the players to digest, and that's one of the issues. But there could be several others, I suspect. There are, mate. Rory's absolutely spot on. There's a lot of change being implemented at Munster, and you have, and I, I've got to say from first-hand experience, because usually I, when I, a lot of clubs I was coaching, I was handling when they were at the bottom, and you had to change a lot to move them forward. And there's a thing called the J curve of change, and that's when you bring in change performance levels drop in a J shape. They eventually bottom out and they start to come up. Um, but Munster are certainly in that. There's a lot of change and the players are not uh, implementing that change on the field. But there's one other big elephant that people aren't talking about, mate, and I'll, I'll bring it out there. Look, the, the, the quality of the Munster players for a decade, as Rory has pointed out, has not been good enough. And they're not bad players. Not like they're, well, not, I'm not suggesting anyway they're hopeless, but they just don't have the world-class players that they relied on in the past to turn them around. They don't have a Ronan. They don't have a Paul. And and they even they even don't have all these wonderful um, uh, bit players that they had when they were at their peak, like Keith Earls at his peak and Zebo at their peak. They could turn a game with some individual brilliance. They're just lacking that real, really brilliant player that can just produce something to spark, use a Rory's term again, to get that spark. So this isn't, you know, anyone who lays this just at the coach's feet is wrong. Yeah, sure, there has been great change. There is coaching issues there. They need time to implement that. They're not bad coaches. They're very good coaches, hugely experienced, a lot of quality at other organisations. And Munster expect better. But that doesn't mean... You know, their expectations are, are, are right. They're not right. And I, I thought Munster were going to have a, a tough six months for a considerable period of time, and I don't wish that on them. I've I got great respect for Munster. I would, would love to see them do better, but I'm not surprised that they are where they are. So to follow that logic for a second then and, and shoot this theory down or, or, or just play around with it for a moment, so... On the quality of player point of view, I suspect Van Graan and that South African uh, methodology would have been his uh, favoured one, regardless of the calibre of player he had. But is there something maybe in the fact that that's a more simplistic game plan, therefore arguably somewhat lesser players can carry it out? And so now that the team has been asked to do more and to play a more progressive style, a more expansive style, that the wheels are coming off and they may not have the players to do it. Is that, is that part of this story here as well? There's going to be – you're spot on, Joe, and there's going to be a compromise for the coaches somewhere in that because, um, you know, the old story, everyone's got a plan until they get punched. And the coaches have gone in with a, with a plan, and it's, it's a plan that ha- it hasn't just been produced out of thin air. They've obviously thought about it. But when that plan uh, plan's rubber hits the road, 
there's been uh, the, the, there's a gap in performance. So there's a, there's what the coaches were expecting and what the players are producing. There's a gap. Now, one way to get yourself into serious trouble as a coach is to keep saying I'm right and the performances are wrong, because eventually that leads to a very narrow uh, uh, alleyway with a with a brick wall at the end of it. It's a dead end. You've got to adapt. You've got to change. So, well, this is what I thought we could do, but we're not doing that. We've got to change. We've got to do it. And you've got to do it quick because exactly what Rory says, there's a number of games under the belt. What a Munster. I've got it written down here. Munster, Munster 12th. They've got Europe coming up. They've got a really tough draw of Europe. Uh, it, it's not an easy path forward for this team, and they need to move quickly. I very seriously doubt that they can move quickly enough for this season. I think it's going to be a very difficult year for Munster because they're running out of, of runway to take off and they, they simply don't have that quality of player that's going to be able to change it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they come out and, and smack the Bulls really well. But right now we can only go on the evidence that we, we can see and that's certainly what we're seeing. I think one thing that will give them a boost this week is the return of the Emerging Ireland players because... They've been outside of this bubble for a few weeks and they've actually gone on and enjoyed themselves and won three games in a row. And some of the Munster players were some of the best players on tour, including Jack Crowley, John Hodnett's a very, very talented, uncompromising player who can give them some physicality. And Thomas Ahern was one of the best players on that tour, is is a, is a bit of a specimen who gives them something very different, whether it's off the bench. Even last season in their biggest games, they brought him off the bench and he started to really cause teams problems because he's so difficult to play he's, he's big fast strong he's good in the good in the air he's got great hands you know he, he was a fullback at one stage and he's six foot six or six foot seven or whatever he is um now they're only coming in midweek this week and it'll be very telling if those players go straight into the team sorry Antoine Frisch, Frisch is the other one I'm talking about the centre they signed from Bristol French born Irish qualified looks like he gives you something very very different and even the bit we saw of him playing against Cardiff in the opening game he looked like he he could just give Munster that bit of go forward in the back line that they're missing, that bit of spark that we've been talking about. And then he got whisked off to South Africa and that's a different topic altogether. But now they're all coming back. They're all coming back confident. They've been in a, in a progressive, progressive setup, playing progressive rugby for the last uh, two weeks in Bloemfontein. They've been playing at altitude, so they're probably pretty, feeling pretty good about themselves fitness-wise. Shane Daly's another one who's going to come back. He'll give them experience in the wing. So there is good players who they haven't had access to the last couple of weeks who will be coming in, and I think Frisch talked about this with the media last week, how they've actually had a little meeting in South Africa and said, we need to go back and give the rest of this team energy. And that's, like, they're like a couple of new signings at a, at a pivotal point in the season. And it, it is pivotal right now because they need to be picking up, they need to win games they wouldn't necessarily have down as one wins or else they're in a hole because they've lost the games they would have expected to win when they were starting out this year. And Rory, on Matt's point about quality of player and what kind of quality of game plan they can implement... It's quite an interesting one because the natural follow question then would be, and I, and I might come to you in a moment, Matt, would be, well, in that case, maybe the coaches meet, need to be a bit more reductive, uh, simpler game plan and just get some wins in the short term and, and play like a less progressive brand of rugby. But like, to be fair, it's not like they've been playing like the Harlem Globetrotters over the last couple of weeks and stuff's not coming off. I mean, against Zebra, they scored three pick and jam tries. Like if, if they've been trying to play this whirlwind style of rugby and it's just not coming off then I've missed it yeah, like, not, it, it, it's I, not even like oh geez, they, they won't be able to throw that skip pass anymore it's not, that's not even what we're what's seeing what's frustrating I, I think most people have a bit of patience with this because Van, we, we've seen that the Van Grand style like we, we, Erasmus has got them pretty close but they still got blown away in the semi-final and, and the, the, the 
pro whatever it was final that year yeah. in, when it came to it and then under Van Graan they got the semi-finals but ultimately that style just couldn't get them over the line so people want them to change and want them to have a, a, an approach that more suits the I suppose physical profile of player they have because they don't have the horses for that course but what's letting them down is not the style of play it's the fact they're dropping the ball it's the fact that they're throwing passes into touch it's the fact that they're missing tackles that they're losing the breakdown battle that, that Sorry, the breakdown's actually been reasonably good in, in in their first couple of games, but their scrum got beaten up against Connacht. Their their lineout got taken apart. They missed line kicks. Scrum I mean, was just destroyed basics. against Dragons. And yeah, this is like it's, or breakdown rather breakdown. Yeah, breakdown. Yeah, sorry, like this is these are the basics of the game, and I think at times they look like they're learning their lines or they they've gone into the play, but they haven't quite learned their lines, and they're thinking about it all the time. Yeah, and like they haven't been able to get the game plan off the ground, so. So there's I'm, a lot I'm, of information there yeah. that they haven't been able to they haven't got even got to translate at all they're just going out into the pitch and they're they're just puking all over the pitch you know it's 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 grim you know yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. and and the, the errors that are there are then feeding into this general sense of malaise and I'm sure the game plan looks amazing and, and I'm and I've no doubt their training's probably pretty good but then they're getting out there and they're 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 getting the punch in the face and yes, it's just okay. throwing them completely off. So, so maybe Matt to be fair they are trying to play more progressive rugby but, but we're just not getting to see it because the basics are so poor. Uh, Joe, I'm, I'd be sitting with in your camp there with that where I, I can't see too much happening. Okay. But I, I, the, the reason I, I, I'm, I'm saying that, quite often when teams are learning new systems and, and trying to be in places, that they're thinking, where am I supposed to be? And you've got to be where, you, where your feet are. You've got to play that ball. And it, it's exactly what Rory said. What's killing them is not the big system, not the big picture. It's the basics of it, you know. The the dragons game, where and the final minutes to try that the dragons scored, the, the winger catches the ball, comes up. There is a there is a red wall in front of him. There's a line, and they simply haven't spoken about who's got who, and he just runs straight through the line. So you know that that's the the detail of what they're trying to do is is taking up their mental space rather than just being in the moment. Now, if you compare that to say Leinster, who are playing the roughly the same system they've played for a number of years. You can see players come in and out. They're very happy to be in that system there. They understand where they're supposed to be and they get on with playing the the, the, the absolute detail of the game that wins and loses games at the top end. And Munster are failing at that detail. It's not the big picture that's killing them. It's, it's the minutia, the detail that's taking them apart. Another interesting thought. So Dennis Leamy talking today to the media he said, we're very conscious of the future. We're very conscious of the present. We've had to pick 45 players in the last four games. Five or six of them have been from the academy and all of which bar one was making his debut. It takes time to blood young players. How you manage and create, that's very important. I genuinely believe we have a crop of young players here that if we manage them right, they can bring us into the next generation, i.e. 10 years time. Like, are Munster potentially, Matt, flirting with the idea of, like, a lost season here? And let's say uh, this will be remembered as the season we blooded our, our, our core team for the next generation. And, and can they afford, you know, will, will, will the public, I think, say, well, fair enough? Great question, Joe. Look, I, I think what, what I really encourage the Munster coaches to not do is just that, is to say just that or to say you know, we're really proud of the people and we're really doing all those things because, you know, to be quite blunt, Munster have been saying that for years and it just doesn't wash anymore. And I, I really love the Munster uh, hierarchy to come out and be really brutally honest 
and just say, look, what we're doing is not good enough. We're going to get there. It's going to take time. We've just got to keep fighting. Um, we've got good kids here. We're not, but, but you know, we, we've we've got to win now, and that's we've got to perform now. They don't have to. They don't have to necessarily win now. They've got to perform. And there's a big difference. You can get, you're never going to win every game in this competition, especially in Europe where they are. They've got a really tough uh, couple of games. But if they perform, people will see that, and and the people can buy into it. What when you don't perform, and as is in your drop passes, your missed tackles, you miss all the things you listed out, line out scrum, all those basics. There's no performance, and that's not good for anyone in the organisation. Coaches, players, longevity, or the whole bit. So, you know, a lost season is not good for anyone because all that does is just pushes that pressure down the line for another 12 months. Uh, and, and that pressure won't go away until you get some sort of performance. Again, not necessarily winning, but performance. I, I agree with that. But I think if the young player is in form, he should get the go. And I think too long for too long at Munster, there's been a defined hierarchy where you've got your, you've got your caps, so you get the nod. And... The, what really frustrated me last year was that Wasps game when the it was unfair on the more established players who went to South Africa and got stuck there. But these kids came in and they were magnificent over in Wasps and they built something. And then some of them we didn't see again until this season. Some of them we haven't seen since. Pat Campbell comes out uh, this week and you know scores, gives them the one moment of magic that they had was, was his finish, which was phenomenal. He's clearly a confident young man capable of playing at this level. He, he started in that game over in Wasps and he was then disappeared. I know he was playing for the Ireland 20s, but he looked ready for senior rugby and Munster could have, I think, invested more time into him. And he and his and that batch of young players gave them a real impotence, impetus at that moment that felt like Munster were almost reborn that week and they just squandered it, partly because they, they just never played the players again. Like, Okeke hasn't been... I know he's injured at the moment, but he yeah. hasn't been seen since. Like, the players, fans were singing his name. I know he's raw, rough around the edges, but he looked like CJ Stander at times against Wasps that day. Yeah. And they just... I think what they did was that even afterwards I asked um, Ian Costello, you know, what do you think these guys could do for the rest of the season? And he said, look, it'll be unfair on the guys and it's a bit of a hierarchy and they have to wait their turn. Well... If they've played well against Wasps, then surely they should be in contention the following week. They've shown they can do it against a good team. They didn't. I think now, if Okek, sorry, if if a Dogbo who's looked quite good in the first couple of games is only nineteen, if he's playing well, yeah. and someone comes back from international camp, well, the guy from international camp should wait his turn because the Dogbo's going well. And I think if the young player is going well, it shouldn't be for sake of it. If the young player is going well, they should be backed, and that will then help them regenerate the whole thing. And you look at Hodnett, I think he's someone who could do it. Ahern is someone who could do it. Yeah. Ahern's had to wait his turn behind Jean Klein and a few others, more senior guys. And he should have more appearances by now. Yeah. And to clarify there, young players gave Munster a real impetus, not impotence. Yes. <laughs> I've been watching too many ads on BT Sport on a Saturday. Uh, so, well, I guess we'll see how they go against Bulls on um, Saturday. Saturday. At Thomond. First game at home since April, which you know, wow. yeah, you saw what Connick got out of a home crowd on Friday. You know, I wouldn't say the crowd's going to be huge on Saturday, but being back at home, it should give them something. Yeah, be interesting to see turnout of that game. Mm. I think there's a real malaise across the board, and people have this should be a little lift with a new coaching team, team, and all that sort of stuff. But there is there's a lot of resigned Munster fans out there, and you know, Thomas hard to get to, and a lot of them live in different counties. You, you know they need something I think that South Africa game in Cork could be really important to them because it's already sold out right. it's in Porky Cueve if they get a performance in that game from a bunch of young players without their internationals that could give them a lift and they could build something from that but they have three big games before then mm. uh, Leinster Sharks man I know our time is uh, pretty tight here so 
everybody effusive about this game uh, for various reasons. I presume you enjoyed it. Yes, great game. It was, uh, it was, it was really what was needed. Was it the just the closeness of it, the way the Sharks came out? Uh, you know, Leicester have got a few problems with their set play defence this year, and I don't know why that's uh, come about because their set play defence in past years has been excellent, but they've really been caught out a few times. They've been getting very narrow, and the Sharks exploited that. They scored some lovely tries and put Leicester under pressure. But then um, great character from the from the team. They fought back, scored some absolutely wonderful tries. Um, only negative, obviously, was the the injury rate. It was a very high uh, attrition game, uh, and uh, you know, really sad for Jordan Lama. From what I hear, he's going to miss the November internationals because I thought he was really in great form. But um, you know, Leinster, they've just got that ability, that belief. We, 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 it's almost a mirror image of what we just spoke about. With, with Munster. They've got a system, they've got belief, they, they know if they stick to what they, they've been coached, it provides points and they stuck by it and they did it. And it, it also, I think there's an, uh, a mirror image to this, Joe. When the South Africans came in last year, I remember talking to you and because of my experience in Super Rugby saying, I think that South Africans are going to be great for the competition. And for six months they weren't. Mm. They, were, they were duds. Yeah. And now you look at it outside and going, holy dooly, these guys are pretty good. How are we going to get into the semis? How's a lot of these the, the Scots and the Welsh going to get into the semis? We're talking about where Munster are and, and this South African tour coming up. And we're just starting to see what division the South Africans are in. And they're in the heavyweight division. And Ireland are in there with them. And they're not going, they're not going away. Yeah. <laughs> they're here for the next few years. And the Sharks... The Sharks, who I think are um, not, a, not a bad team, don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting, but I don't think they're the best of the South Africans. Uh, that, they came out and put on a, a display that made for a wonderfully entertaining game uh, with a top Leinster team out in the field. Now, that's not something we could say about the URC or the past editions uh, of, the, of, the, of the competition that we could say too often about a visiting team coming to the RDS. Far too often they've been one-sided 40-nil, 50-nil jobs. Yeah. That was a really good game of rugby that the competition needed. There are lots of positives there, mate. I know you have to run. Thanks so much. Pleasure, guys. Good to talk to you. Cheers. Good Matt night. Williams uh, there with us. Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent still here. Uh, loads to take from the game. I guess Matt's broader point jumps to mind. For the first however many months of the South African involvement in this tournament, it didn't really live up to maybe the billion, but we're starting to see now that this could really be the making of this competition as, as odd as it's been over the years. Yeah, and when you think that the Sharks can bring back Ebenezerbeth, Bongi Omanambi, uh, Sia Khaleesi, um, um. Yeah, Lacanio Am, and uh, the winger, his name has just slipped my mind um, at the moment, but the, who scored the try in the World Cup final, they are a a real threat, you know, and they've picked up an away point in, in the RDS, which a lot of pe- teams don't do, and, and they have an Irish coach, and Noel McNamara, who... Did a, you know if he's in the frame for that Leinster senior coach job? Did himself no fa- not no uh, no harm at all because he put together an attacking game plan that caused Leinster no end of problems. I know he has an inside track on all of the players because he had most of them in the academy over the years. But um, I thought the way they attacked the the intent with which they they just don't give a damn about Leinster. They don't like they've played against they've been playing against the Crusaders, yeah, the yeah. Auckland Blues for years. Leinster is just another team to them. They're not beaten down by decades or a, a decade of Leinster winning every game at home. So that's 
a um, it's really refreshing and I think everyone who was there I didn't get to go to the game on Saturday yeah. but everyone I've talked to who was there was just like refreshed by it because the RDS has become apart from the odd European game yeah. it's quite boring to go there and no, watch a game yeah, yeah. 18,000 Mapimpi was it potentially Mapimpi yeah, yes, yes. yes I know 18,000 we were even wondering on Monday's show it was like they don't always get 18,000 they get good crowds but so everybody clearly knew oh well, we're going to get a game yes. you know, so I'll make it my business to well, go more there. than was at the quarter final or semi final last year when they kind of lost a bit of momentum and Leo Cullen's been really conscious of the fact that they haven't been selling out games but that's one of the I mean I know they take their biggest games to Nibiba and, and usually get good crowds mm. But if you get if you can guarantee more of that at the Aviva, it's going to be good for season ticket sales and, and all that sort of stuff as well. So, I, you know, when you think that Stormers are now the second are on the second longest unbeaten run in URC or Pro Twelve history, and um, the Bulls are really hard to play against, really hard to beat, and the Lions, the worst of the teams, just won in Edinburgh on Friday and are going really well. These teams are here to compete and they're here to stay. And and for all of the logistical issues that they bring, yeah, they uh, they have added a lot in a rugby context. So I'm putting you on the spot here and be warned, uh, someone's probably going to clip this. Uh, give me your URC power rankings then. Leinster, Stormers, Ulster, Sharks. I'm probably just reading out the table. Uh, <laughs> Sharks. Safe way to go. Um, Benetton have started really well. They're probably below the South African team. So it's probably Leinster, Leinster Stormers, Ulster, the three other South Africans with the lines at the bottom, then Benetton and Glasgow off the top of my head. Right. Um, but that's probably lining up pretty close to the table as it stands. The Welsh teams have started really poorly. They can pick off a win here and there, particularly against an, an Ulster or a Connacht mm. or the Italian sides, but they're not They're not competitive. I mean, Ospreys were terrible against Ulster on, on Saturday. You know, that felt like a real Magnus League game. You know, or actually, Magnus League was more competitive. It felt like a Pro 12, you know, late 2000s, the 2019s game. Yeah, yeah, it was poor. Um, but the competition you really just need one or two box office games a weekend for a competition to kind of to live to, to survive and um and thrive and when those Irish teams play against those South African teams it's worth watching mm. and do you you don't seem to be of the opinion that Munster are going to pierce into that top four bubble by the end of the, this league season you don't think we'll be saying well they're definitely in pecking order if I ask you the same question I don't think Munster are going to qualify for Europe at this stage I think Munster will struggle to make the top 8 in, in this competition because if you look at their fixture list and it's really unfair on the Irish teams they have to play each other twice no one else has to play the Irish teams twice um, they all have to spend two weeks like Munster's last two games of the season are in South Africa you know this is and that's when the box will be like they, that's when the South Africans were at their strongest last year they have a really really difficult fixture list they need to start winning games not just pick off games against the Ospreys you know they've got one against the Ospreys I think but not not just one against uh, you know the ones they've lost to Cardiff they were their gimmies. That was eight. That's that's eight to twelve points they've left behind that they should have got. Yeah. And now they're going into games against Leinster where they need to pick up at least one point in that game to try and stay alive. They need to be averaging something like three point four, three point five points a game for the rest of the season to get into Europe. And that's where I'm really concerned for them. And I don't know if that it'll be a bad thing for them to reset and go into the Challenge Cup next year and really focus on this tournament and have a year where they just don't have this glamour of the Champions Cup because sometimes it's hidden the deficiencies that's happened on a week-to-week basis. The URC is now a competition that's really worth winning, that's, yeah. that's worth, we see you have to be at your best every week and Munster aren't, aren't there yet. So um, it's going to be a painful year for them. Uh, for this next calendar year, up until the World Cup, there will be scrutiny as ever on Johnny Sexton, given mm-hmm. his age. At yeah. a certain age, you can go off a cliff. It can just happen. And not least after a summer break. So he uh, took last season's form and he said, no problem. He looked in flow state, didn't he? That thing that they all looked like they're... A few of them did. I thought Robbie Henshaw, the way he set up that try with the cross kick, he just looked like he was operating on a different plane. And he's really peak of his powers now, isn't he? Physically, he absolutely he's just so robust. looks so... 
yeah, he looks like he's just himself and Sexton looks like time has slowed down. Ringrose was the same. Ringrose was so well in the wing that he may play himself into an Ireland shirt there if if, if you had your full um, complement of centres. He certainly looked like he could do a job. There's a bit of a, a, a shortage of wings at the moment. A lot of injuries there. He looked really, really comfortable there. But to go back to Sexton, I mean, the way he lived in that game, I know some people are critical of the fact that he went after the referee at times. And I, look, I've come and go on this, but on Saturday he was... I, can you imagine he was your captain? You would love it. Mm. You've most of those young players that have come in, like Martin Maloney, who, who came in and you know at the eleventh hour and played really well. Like he's his entire life, Johnny Sexton has been Leinster star and Ireland star, and now he's playing alongside him and he's willing to go after the referee for you. He's after willing to take on. There was one stage with four minutes to go in the game one. He's scrapping with like five sharks on his own. I mean, I know if they were losing that game and we'd, we'd probably be talking about oh he needs to keep his cool there and there is a bit of after timing with all of this kind of analysis but the fact that it, the, the fire is burning so bright at the age that he's at and also the mind is turning and the, the, the body is working at such a level is so admirable because I thought he was on the slide about 18 months ago and, and he has arrested that completely whatever he's put together I believe he did a training camp in Dubai over the summer and it just looks like it's he's putting everything into this and he's enjoying it as well it doesn't look like it's a, it's a pressure to him and he is uh, he's so important you know if he if he goes down the whole pack of cards that look so strong could go with him but right now he's he's looking very very strong and yeah. we've got to enjoy him while he's still there as well I mean how many games in the RDS has he got left he might play in Connacht on the weekend for the final time this is his lap of honour but he looks like he's willing he wants to take every single last minute out of it I suspect he's not of a mind to indulge uh, this is the last time you play here and this is the last time you, you play there kind of hasn't a season hasn't done a lot of media this year and I say that's part of it yeah is the problem? I, so I don't know. Did he get much criticism for uh, barking at the referee, Craig Evans? Is the issue people have one? Oh well, this will turn. This will turn referees against whichever team he's playing for, and therefore be counterproductive. Or is the issue two? This is rugby. This is not how we behave. Because if the issue is two, well, like full steam ahead, Johnny is what his own. Yeah. Teammates what was it? Dane Cole said about him during the summer. He's a mouthy so and so. Or was it November? <laughs> Guilty think, as charged. I think one of the things the URC has also brought is that it's brought a massive South African audience who are watching this and don't necessarily watch Johnny Sexton on a week to week, and they're driving some of the kind of social media because they're quite vociferous on there, and they're, oh, you know, and, you know, it's easy to hide behind this rugby value stuff when you don't like it. If it was one of their players, they'd probably love it. Yeah. He's shown his personality. I don't think there's a sense that he's turning referees on. I, like There was that risk at the start of his captaincy. I think he knows when to push the button and not. And in fairness to him, he was like one of the the guy who got red carded. He took off two of his players' heads. Oh, that's, that's when he lost. That's not unreasonable. That's when he point. lost it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's more opposition fans or people okay. who don't watch him on a regular basis going, okay. you know, that's not great. You'd, like, you'd be quite naive not to pressure a referee. Really? Yeah. There's ways and means though. Peter Manny's probably a bit more take him to the side and have a chat with him. Okay. You know, that kind of Martin Johnson style. Sexton's more confrontational and it hasn't worked for him all the time but it has, you know, rubbed certain referees up the wrong way but I think he's, t- he's, he's modified that. I think he's listened to other people around him. I mean, O'Connell's in his camp at Ireland. Leo Cullen was a great captain mm. is his coach so I'm sure he's taken advice on it. But the fire that he brings and the personality, like we want, you know, you talk about the, the Ireland footballers last night in Amber Barrett's interview, the, the authenticity of her personality. The, we get enough robots in rugby. We mm. get enough poor interviews. We get enough um, guys just saying what they what they think we want to hear. Seeing Sexton behave the way he does and being true to, his, true to himself is 
very enjoyable and I think we'll really miss him when he's gone because yeah. there's not many Johnny Sexton's around the game he's a sneakily good interview as well because he's not immediately jazz hands and high energy no. sometimes but he's always saying something yeah yeah when you get him and like his press conferences the best chance you get of the, you know at the moment from my point of view is an Ireland press conference and you just have to attend them because he's always going to say something mm. and he always gives he gives very considered answers as well he's 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 an intelligent man who doesn't really have to play a game anymore he's coming to yeah. the end and and like the the world is his oyster beyond rugby if, whatever he wants to do with it he'll he, he'll have doors open for him because of his his status um you know he we just as i said earlier he, we have to enjoy him while we while we still have him from a from a different you know a whole plethora of aspects he's one of the all-time greats and um We'll miss them. We always miss them when they're gone. You know, we never got after O'Gara left the stage in 2013. Like we never got, we saw him as a coach, and we have a very interesting analyst on our hands. But we never saw the maestro at work in that way, O'Driscoll and all. You know, these are these are precious moments, I suppose. Yeah. So just uh, one big picture question on Leinster this season. Then uh, we've spent the last number of years uh, singing their praises week mm. on week, both in Europe and URC, and then they've fallen at the final hurdle. Has much changed here? Do they look? Every bit is poised to you to go there or thereabouts in Europe, all is well. And it's just a case of almost counting down the months until they're in a European semi-final or final. Well, you would imagine, I mean, the theory has been that they're not getting tested on a week-to-week basis. So you would imagine the Sharks coming and pilfering a load of their ball and knocking them off at the at the scrum at times, or knocking them off the rook in particular, cutting them open, you know, with relative ease from time to time. That's good experience for someone like Rob Russell who may get pitched in at the end of the season but has never faced attacker Abrahams before and wasn't ready for the picture that presented itself when he just swerved around them with like as if he wasn't there so the theory is that these games will be far more valuable to them than say playing you know beating Zebra by 60 points um, and they're European because they didn't win the URC last year they're in a more difficult European pool because they're playing Rassing so that again is two tough games that you will imagine will test them and yes. that when they come to these end of season games they will be more used to playing against difficult opposition who ask them more difficult questions it's taking a toll their injury you know Farrell was sitting in the stand on Saturday and beneath them was a whole line of frontline internationals that were either ruled out from previous games or had come off in this game and, and we had a couple of fairly serious looking head injuries um, and Larmer as Matt mentioned but um that's what battle hardness is about in some ways. You know, it's 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 unpalatable and you know, with three concussions in a game was pretty difficult to watch, particularly the Ryan Baird incident. But um they are certainly being tested in a way that they haven't been in previous seasons. And whether that will stand to them against La Rochelle or whoever they come up with in the against in the end. I think Saracens are back this year as well. Are so they back, some back good teams? I think well, they're certainly in the competition, didn't they? Hockey Leicester Tigers a couple of weeks ago. So there's a couple of good teams around and they should be better prepared for that when it comes to it. Okay. Um and they look good enough. You know, they they were they were good enough at times in that European yeah. Cup final. They just they need to manage the last end of games as well. And being in the balance more games being in the balance over the course mm. of the season, you would imagine. And even Sexton playing alongside these teams will stand to them as it goes on. Yeah. Uh, just before we wrap up it's worth mentioning the Wasps uh, situation mm-hmm. into administration I mean Worcester going to the wall is uh, terrible obviously for all concerned they're not the mammoth name and, and, and have the mammoth they don't have the mammoth pedigree uh, Wasps have I mean uh, if this looks uh, as, as ominous as it seems it's a massive name to lose from Premiership rugby the, the sense is this is it is it? It looks certainly their game against Exeter the weekend is off you know they could be relegated as a result. You know there's not teams ready to really come back into the Premiership. You know from the Championship either. So it's English rugby post COVID looks like a very very difficult op- place to operate. Wasps, I don't know, was it seven eight years ago they moved to Coventry and they were you know the Rico Arena or whatever it's called now was a 
massive stadium that they thought would and, and they own it fully so they, they rent the Coventry City they have a casino in there they have the darts there they have concerts there it's a, it's a big revenue generator for them but whatever way they've spent their money over the last couple of years it's all um, it, it's, it hasn't worked out for them and yeah we risk losing you know if you think about it Leo Cullen talked about this recently Leo Cullen's first European game they got beaten by a record margin by Wasps, Wasps and remember, yeah. it was Leinster on the slide and Wasps were the coming team and Look at them now, you know, Leinster is still flying. I know they're in a different operating environment and they have the RFU fail-safe if they ever go into into trouble. And, and the taxpayer. And and all of it. Yeah, no, it does. It, it makes a big difference. But the uh, the whole model looks a bit uh, dodgy over there. And you wonder whether it's going to open doors potentially for other competitions down the line or, or whether, you know, everything's going to go back to a, the drawing board because the Premiership as a standalone product, you know, you're losing a big away game as well there. You know, your teams are going to miss Wasps coming to town and yeah. um, broadcasters are going to miss having that, that brand alongside it. And the European Cup will miss them. I know they're probably not in it this year, but they're a big team and a big name that, you know, when we're talking about them, people will listen. So it's sad. It's another set of players, you know, uh, the, the Worcester players are kind of scattered to the four wins mm-hmm. now or Wasps going to be the same. Hopefully someone comes in and saves them and, and it, it, it gets sorted, but it's not looking good over there. Okay. Our rugby coverage and off the ball is with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us, Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent. Thank you, Rory. Cheers. Thank you. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.